What's happening, world? This is your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak, and we got Patrick back again. Yay, Patrick! Woo-hoo. And we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. What are we talking about, Patrick? We're going to focus on tennis, maybe the sporting world in general, but mostly a tennis focus. All right, so we're going to cut this off by, um, well, Patrick's favorite tennis player was upset the other day, so tell us about it, Patrick. Well, it was definitely upset. It made me upset, definitely disappointing. So my favorite tennis player for the last decade has been Novak Djokovic ever since I started watching it. And yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, the Australian Open is going on right now. The, the final is actually, we're filming, we're recording this on a Saturday. The final is tomorrow. And Novak lost in the semifinals to a young Italian uh, kind of up-and-coming player called Yannick Sinner. And Novak was not at his best, and he just he just got beaten completely. Yannick definitely deserved to win, so I, I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's a great young player, and I'm excited to see what he does next. But yeah, so the final is set for that guy Sinner versus uh, a Russian guy called Medvedev, who has... At least one Grand Slam. I think it, I think he only has one, but it's an interesting place right now. And you know, it's the the tennis world is going through a change. The last fifteen years has been dominated by basically three guys, right? Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Novak Djokovic. I, they've won basically every Grand Slam for the past I don't know ten or fifteen years, apart from a few, and that's going to change soon. Novak Djokovic is getting up there, and I don't know how long he can continue to play at such a high level. He's, I think he's 36 years old, which I guess for today's standard isn't as old as it maybe used to be. People used to be retired and, you know, commentating sports at that point or something like that. But he's still playing, and he won three Grand Slams last year. So, I don't know, Ben. What do you do? You think that the the, the athletes of today are so different than the athletes of before, like the way in terms of like longevity? I think it's maybe how people view them. Like, like back in the day, like when they heard a certain age, everybody was like, "Oh, they're old and they're 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 not in their prime anymore, and they should just give it up." You know, nowadays people just like let them go until they like don't have the ability to play no more. Yeah, but don't don't you think that the ability for players to play longer into their older years has like changed? Like, if you look at Novak Djokovic, if you look at Tom Brady, even Roger Federer was playing into his like mid thirties when he was still winning stuff. Same thing with Nadal. It's like, the the what is the new age barrier? Is it like forty years old? Like I think I think that's changed, like the way that they're able to continue playing for so long. Yeah, but it's honestly only a limited few that are doing it. True. It's like you know, like Tom Brady. It's you know Djokovic. It's it's not like the mass majority of these players are playing till they're like older. It's the ones that are at the highest peak of their game and and like the the ones that are really like the the best, the best of the best, and those are the ones that are playing into the like um. Sir, uh, Venus Williams. I yeah, mean, Serena Williams. Too. Yeah, and Serena. So, like, if they're at the top, you see these people that are at the top of the game, they're they're winning constantly. They're they're playing until, I mean, they just don't have that loss of competitive edge. Whereas, like, that they're the few, the proud, the the great ones. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think additionally, the way that at least with Novak Djokovic and Tom Brady, the way that they take care of their bodies these days is completely different than people would have done in the past. Every single thing that they do with their body is pretty much keeping the sport in mind. Like everything that they eat, the exercises that they do, the stretching that they do, it all re- revolves around longevity and like basically defying their age. Yeah, like if you look at Novak, I mean, he's still playing at a super high level, and Tom Brady was too. I mean, the guy won a Super Bowl when he was in his late 
30s, mid to late 30s as well, right? TV 12, guys, yeah. all stuff. Yeah. So it's like, okay, these people started, like Novak maybe started that in his mid 20s or something like that as this new exercise technology was coming out and diets were like super invested into like what people eat and all that kind of stuff. And if someone who is just starting out, maybe 16, 17, 18, if they start doing that kind of stuff as well and really focusing on that, I think that we'll see even potentially even longer careers. Oh, I their entire life. It's it's a completely new, newfangled sort of edge that sports have. Is it's there's so much devotion outside of playing the sport that these people have. And Novak's an example. Tom Brady's an example. LeBron James is an example. And there's so, like what Sidney Crosby is also up there, right? Like, and there's so many people who have played way later than probably expected. I agree. And like, if you look at like some of the older players that were playing, you see the smoking cigars in the locker room. They're drinking right. beers. Right. They're getting trashed. I mean, their their lifestyles weren't really healthy. Like, can, mm-hmm. and can do it as to the um the sport. And like now, you see the athletes are more. You know, I want to play longer. I want to be in this longer. I want to be one of the great ones. So they're not doing the things that the older athletes did or were socially um, acceptable back then. Right. Right. And I think where we sit right now is, so obviously Roger Federer is now retired fully uh, as of like a year or two ago. Novak is still playing. So of the big three, really Novak is the one who is still playing at like a high level. Rafa tried to come back this tournament, actually in the Australian Open, after like a year because he had been injured or something like that um, and has been fighting his way to get back. But I think he lost in the first round. So I don't know what his the rest of his career is going to look like if he'll ever play or win another another event again so at some point there's going to be like a change of the guard uh so you know Novak won't be playing anymore Rafa won't be playing anymore and obviously Roger is already out of the sport um and once that happens I think we're going to see more the 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 men's side be more conducive to what we see on the women's side which is a bunch of different winners no one really dominating the sport like you had a Serena on that on the women's side but these days it's almost like anybody kind of has the chance within like maybe the top 10 players. You have a couple standout people like Arena Sabalenka just won the women's uh, for uh, the women's Australian Open title for the second year in a row. You have uh, the Polish woman who's Iga Swiatek. So she's won a couple of slams, maybe two, maybe three. Coco Goff, obviously an American, you know, love the Americans, love seeing them, you know, kind of carrying on Serena and Venus's legacy. Obviously, like, and also in the steps of like Martina Navratilova and some of the people from your, like, maybe when you were watching tennis or like in the, you know, 70s, 80s, when Americans were really invested in the sport more. Oh, yes, 100%. Like, um, we had, was it McEnroe? We had Sampras. We had, you no, know, just Connors. Yeah. So we yeah. had a bunch of, I mean, it, like you said, it's the changing of the guard. Like, that was the, the old guard then, and the new people came in, and then. You know, so there's always going to be the baton handed off. You know? Right. And, you know, talking about Grand Slams, Roger was the first to reach 20. And he was, he had the most for the, for a little bit. Then Rafa caught up. He got to 20. Novak got to 20. And now I think as it stands, Roger has 20. Nadal has 22. And Novak has 24. He was going to make it 25 this year, but obviously, I mean, at this tournament, but didn't happen. So in terms of breaking that record, Roger was the one to break Pete Sampras's record. I believe it was Pete Sampras's record, who had like 13 Grand Slams, and everyone was like, "Oh, no one ever is gonna, no one's ever gonna beat that." Yeah, I think it was Pistol Pete. Yep. And then Roger came along and did it, and Novak and Rafa. So from like 
a next gen standpoint, do you think or like when when what's the time frame on someone ever challenging those Grand Slam records? Like I just feel like personally there won't be someone for a while. At least that's what it seems like. These Novak is still playing and these new guys can't beat him. You know, you want to say that it can never be done, but like you're watching records be broken left and right, sure. left and right. Sure. So, I mean, it could be 10, 15, 20, it could be it could be you know, in the near future, but you know, you never know with the talent that's out there right now, the you know, and the growing talent and the the, the blossoming talent that they have. I mean, there's so much stuff going on with that. I mean, who's going to come out of the the, the woodwork and then all of a sudden be like one of the greatest right are you familiar with the uh the young spaniard uh carlos alcarez have you heard of him i have not so a lot of people have been favoring him as sort of like the next successor to the men's tennis throne he is one i think he's one he won in new york last year and maybe one more else so he has two um and he's only like i don't know 20 or 21 years old so really sort of blossoming right now. And this is the, sort of the age where Roger, Rafa, and actually, no, just Roger and, and, and Novak kind of came into their own and started winning tournaments. So a lot of people see him as like the successor to the throne, but there's so many like hats in the ring right now. And it's impossible to say who's going to take it. But that's kind of why I feel like it's going to go more towards the way that the women's are, where the women's you know tennis is, where there's really no consistency apart from a few names maybe. So it's going to be like, there isn't going to be the same level of dominance that we've seen for the better half of like the last two decades. Yeah, it's, I've never been like a big fan of the, you know, this is the next guy to be like the greatest of all time. Yeah. Because uh, you never, I mean, that's a lot of pressure and you never know, like, like LeBron James, he he was entitled, you know, the next big thing and he did it. You know, then they get this new guy in basketball called Wemben Yama mm-hmm. and like he hasn't shown me much. And then, you know, you got the NFL and they're like, oh, well, this guy's going to be the next big thing. That guy's going to be the next big thing. You know, and like Patrick Mahomes right now is like the big thing. I mean, right. You know, so in tennis, it's the same thing. Do you really want to label someone that and then like, you know, put all that? That's a lot of pressure for a young player, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's almost unfair in a way for them to be like compared to those kind of people at such a young age because then they have like these super high expectations that maybe they don't reach. But it, it's exciting. Like I obviously, I want Djokovic to, to to keep on winning. I want him to push the amount that that record up higher and higher and higher. I, I it would be amazing if he could reach thirty. I think that would be a huge milestone. But I think he'll win at least one more. It was a little bit concerning with how he played uh, a couple nights ago, uh, where he just he just didn't look himself. He got beaten, and I just hope that that's not like a, a sign of what's to come. But We'll just, I think we'll take it as a sort of a one-off event and let's see how he does. I mean, this was the first tournament, the big first major of the year. We have, it's, uh, is it, I think it's Wimbledon next or is it the French Open? I don't know, it's one of the two. I think it's, the, I think it's Wimbledon. We'll see how he does there. Traditionally speaking, Wimbledon hasn't been his best tournament. Um, he, which if, for those who don't know, Wimbledon is played on grass. Roger Federer dominated Wimbledon for the longest time. Novak really doesn't play as well on grass. He's more of a hard court player. So uh, of the four Grand Slams, uh, the Australian Open, which is being played right now, and the, uh, the U.S. Open, which is played in New York, are both hardcourt surfaces. Uh, so he tends to do better there. Yeah, so I think Wimbledon's next. I think, I think it's Wimbledon, then the French, then the U.S. The French Open is played on clay, uh, which was the surface that Rafa dominated for a long, long time. Uh, Novak, I think he's only won two tournaments there, so that's really not his specialty. But yeah, so... Kind of pivoting to something else, tennis 
tennis in America, I think over the last maybe five or 10 years, there hasn't been as many young tennis players in the professional world. We had like Andy Roddick, John Isner on the men's side, and maybe a few more kind of inconsequential people. But now we have uh, Taylor Fritz, who is up and coming and has already proven himself to be a great player. And I think that we'll see him in Grand Slams and, and, and finals and stuff like that. Uh, the one who emerged last season was Ben Shelton. Super, super great run that he had at the U.S. Open. He ended up getting beaten by Djokovic. Kind of humbled him a little bit. I think he was a little bit full of himself. But I really like Ben Shelton. And there's so many more, um, so much more young Amer- American talent. And for me, I think that that makes me feel good. Does that make you feel good? Like it's it's nice to have you know a, home, a hometown hero, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. You know, American pride. I mean, I take pride when my you know American athletes do really good. You know, it, it's it's something you want to see as you know as a you know patriot pride. You know, you're like, oh, this, this is my country doing good. You know, I mean, there's other people I like that aren't American, but sure. You know, of course, like when American. Like, it's like the Olympics, you know, when the Olympics, right. uh, you know, I care nothing about it until the Olympics. And then I'm like, yeah, America, you know, and I root for the hockey, you know, the bobsledders, you know, the slaloms, whatever, whatever is an American gym, you know, the gymnast. I'm like, yes, yes. You know, I want to see them get those gold and the silver, you know. So, yeah, I mean, to see a, a tennis players you know, up and coming and, you know, taking the reins would be great. Yeah. And in the and when you were watching tennis, let's just throw it back again. Americans kind of dominated the sport in a way. The greatest men of the time were all basically all Americans, apart from like your Stefan Edberg, uh, Bjorn Borg, people like that. But like you said, Jimmy Connors, Johnny Mack, Pete Sampras, just to name a few, were all dominant on the men's side. And then in recent times on the women's side, Serena Williams, obviously, arguably the greatest women's tennis player of all time. She has the most women's singles titles. So that was like sort of maybe in a way the golden era of American tennis. But I think that we're going to see it get better over time, which is great for the sport because maybe it'll inspire more Americans to play tennis. I don't think that we play tennis at a, as a percentage nearly as much as like Europeans, for example. So it, it'll be nice. I mean, I myself, I started playing tennis in high school and I kind of fell in love and I've really played it ever since. I played in college. And so it, it's become a really nice sport, but also hobby. And I hope that more people find it. But sort of pivoting again, how about pickleball? Have you heard of pickleball, Ben? I have. I've never played it myself, though. Yeah, I've I've played it. So I I played a lot with with my dad in the in the you know spring and summertime. He can't really play tennis anymore because he like destroyed his shoulder. So pickleball is his next best choice. Uh, it's interesting though because I think we're seeing uh, pickleball sort of sweep the nation. There is professional. Uh, pickleball leagues um, with investors like Tom Brady, LeBron James, like these big names are like getting into it in terms of like sponsoring and stuff like that. And I don't know if you've seen this anywhere or if you've noticed it, but like tennis courts are being redone as pickleball courts, which which is really disheartening to me personally, because I'm a diehard tennis lover, but it's definitely sweeping the nation. And it hasn't, obviously it hasn't caught up quite with, you know, tennis in terms of popularity, but a lot of the reason why I think it's popular is because more people can play it. So tennis uh, at a medium to high level is a very physically demanding sport, as you can imagine. It's a lot of running. So a lot of people can't play it. Um, the thing about pickleball is it's a much smaller court. Um, you play with a paddle. So it's not a racket. It's a paddle, almost similar to a ping pong paddle, just you know a little bit bigger. 
and you're hitting what is basically uh, like a wiffle ball. So the ball goes a lot slower, it's easier to follow, and more, more likely than not, you're playing in a doubles configuration, so two versus two, which makes the physical aspect of it even easier. So it's I think it is good, and I, I, I dare you to try it sometime, Ben. I'm 55, Patrick. Yeah, so you could you could easily do it. You maybe you could play tennis too. I'm 55, Patrick. <laughs> That's young, man. That's young. I don't feel young, Patrick. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, it's just I mean it's just interesting to see, and I'm glad that pickleball is is there for people who need it, or people who can't handle the like the the, the level of of tennis. But I, I hope I hope that it doesn't I hope that it doesn't kill American tennis in general because that wouldn't be good. Well, I do see a lot more. So. You were mentioning like my generation watching tennis. I think like more foreign countries have taken the reins of wanting to be in the tennis tournaments, like to get yes. their their athletes in. Like, so yes, it was dominated by Americans, but I think that was like the whole like you know at the time everybody was like, oh, the American athletes are the greatest, American athletes are the best. You know, so maybe countries were more hesitant; they didn't want to be embarrassed. You know, sure. they, they didn't want to put the people in. You know, be like, oh, well, the Americans are just going to beat us. So now people are like, you know what? We're just as good as them, if not better, and like and we're proving it yeah i think in a lot of ways i think the way the the american tennis or the americans involvement in professional tennis could be compared to like their involvement in professional soccer i think that those two sports in terms of like popularity within america are relatively the same you know what i mean yeah yeah 100 percent. so talking about how america was at the pinnacle of the sport and then you know everybody else got involved maybe I think that if there was more investment or whatever into tennis within America, like starting kids out young, getting lessons and stuff like that, I think that, you know, as a, as a whole, America could invest more, like, you know, into its people or if they wanted to play tennis, but it's just not that popular. That's what it boils down to is kids don't want to play tennis for the most part, right? It's, it's always, you know, baseball, soccer, basketball. Those are the kind of the big three. Right. The glamorous ones. So... I mean, I get it. That's what they watch on TV and that kind of stuff, right? No, no, no kid is is really watching tennis. It, it's and it, and you see that too with like the like a high school teams and stuff like that. It's just not as popular, at least on the East Coast. I think on the West Coast, it's pretty popular because the kids can play there all year round. So you you do see a lot of people in like California and and uh, those you know the Western states where they don't have much of a winter and they can basically play outdoor all year long, uh, all year long. That would be a great, but it. it I think we are seeing a resurgence, which is great. Um, we're seeing a lot of young tennis professionals getting out there, making a name for themselves, and really doing the sport some justice on behalf of America. One day, maybe we'll see another American uh, win a Grand Slam. That would be incredible. I think the last person, or uh, American man, I think the last person to do it was Andy Roddick, probably. Probably Andy Roddick, I think. I think so. Maybe in like the mid two, mid-2000s. See, the thing with Andy Roddick is he had to play Roger Federer all the time. And, uh, you know, it's tough to play against the greatest of all time continually in finals. And he just he just lost a lot of finals to the guy. Uh, so you really you do kind of feel for for Andy uh, in a way who if you had to choose who you think is the greatest male tennis player of all time, who would it be for you? Probably, probably Djokovic. Um, Djokovic. Djokovic. Sorry. Think I'm getting mixed up with the basketball. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, Jokic. No, but probably him right now. I think he's solidified himself as probably like the greatest right now i mean all the championships he's won all the grand slams and uh he's still going and you know there's a lot of people that 
are great and i'm like oh my god you know this sampras and connors and you know they were all great but he's kind of outdone them all i think i i, I mean I'm, that's my opinion yeah for me i i like to choose roger federer as my goat i think that he definitely changed the sport forever in the same way that michael jordan changed the sport of basketball forever and definitely inspired thousands and thousands and thousands of of, of young kids uh to play tennis which is amazing and Djokovic is probably doing the same but Roger did it and with his dominance for so long kind of transcended the sport inspired so many people so while yes Roger does not dominate in terms of uh, the numbers at least with number of grand slams and stuff like that and Djokovic is basically breaking every record that there is to break I still take Roger as number one in the same way that I would also choose Michael Jordan as the greatest basketball player of all time now people obviously would probably say LeBron or I will not say LeBron LeBron or like Kobe maybe or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar something like that right now just to, to pivot real quick what my greatest of all times is Dr. J Julius Irving yes because if it wasn't for Dr. J there would be no NBA if he oh. wasn't if he wasn't in the, if he didn't go from the ABA to the, the NBA there would be no NBA and so like how can you not put him as like one of the greatest of all time for the fact that he saved basketball I mean that definitely holds some merit uh, yeah, tune into our podcast about the NBA next. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so j- just to kind of summarize, I think we're seeing a change of the guard. We're going to see Novak eventually will fade out. Novak, Roger, and, and, and Rafa will no longer be playing. And someone new will have to come over and, and maybe assume the reins. So from that perspective, it's very exciting to see. I don't want Novak to go anywhere anytime soon. I want him to continue to breaking, break records. Just for clarification, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I liked I liked Novak before he even had, I think he had like six or eight slams when I started watching him. So I could have chosen to pick, uh, you know, Roger Federer, who was the greatest at the time, most titles, uh, but I didn't. So don't be calling me a bandwagon fan. <laughs> I used to not like Djokovic, so like I, I guess like I'm pulling that wagon fan. Oh, right can, actually, can we go into that for a moment? What what is it that you didn't like about him? I I, I just. I was an old school person, so I was like the Connors and the McEnroes and the Sampras's. So like I had that like you know that was my generation. I loved those, but and then like watching him play, I'm like you know what he's actually really that damn good. So yeah, I mean, so when he was when he was a kid, he definitely did some questionable things, like uh, retiring from matches early, perhaps on like saying oh well you know he was injured or stuff something like that when he just didn't feel like playing anymore. So I can get. Like that that's that's kind of immature and that kind of stuff. But he's so he's the president of the the ATP or the, the, the players organization. And I think that he does the players well. So on the court, I think he's very respectful for the most part, a gentleman and good for the sport in general. But then off the court, he's always advocating for players to have better rights and that kind of stuff, which is great. I mean, they get paid a boatload of money, so it's not like they're uh, they're really struggling. But he he fights for things like uh, less intense schedules and stuff like that. Obviously, like most sports these days, it's getting rinsed for as much profit as possible. So as much TV time as possible, sponsorships, the whole lot. And I think that Djokovic is fighting to to reduce that, which is good. I mean, these people at the end of the day, yes, they're multimillionaires. Novak's won, I don't know, probably $150 million with all the matches he's won, but they are people. So they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't necessarily deserve to be treated poorly but i'm glad that you've changed your tune and uh yeah i mean so 
go just to, to kind of wrap it up. Like I was saying, changing of the guard. We're going to see some new names coming in the hat, but the uh, new hats in the ring for on the men's side as the, the old guys finally fade out one day or you know another. On the women's side, we're seeing sort of the same thing. It's been the kind of the same thing since Serena stopped playing or stopped winning tournaments. It's like a different, very you know, various different people winning it on that side. And then in terms of Americans, we're seeing a lot of young Americans on the women's side and on the men's side. You see Coco Goff, which is great. Sloane Stevens, Madison Keys, all these great young Americans who are playing the sport at a high level. You love to see it. And then on the men's side too, you have you know Taylor Fritz, Ben Shelton, uh, what's his name, Francis TFO. A lot of a lot of young names coming into the ring and and fighting against some of the best players that have ever played the game. So it's good to see, and uh, it makes me happy, and I look forward to uh, seeing what happens in the future too. Yeah, it's going to be exciting times in tennis. Uh, what do you think, speaking of exciting times in tennis, before we close out, mm-hmm. what do you think of Saudi Arabia put, throwing their hat in the ring for tennis? I mean, they did it with the golf. Now they're yeah. trying to do it with tennis, and I think it's great. I think that's, that's going to open a lot of doors. Yeah, I mean, without getting into it too much, I, I think that the Saudi investment into these into these sports is is interesting so not just with tennis but like you said with golf and and soccer as well and football and and football yeah they're looking to buy a team in football oh okay okay yeah maybe uh who's what's an awful like the the raiders yeah (laughs) yeah right so if it helps to boost some popularity in the game i'm all for it i don't know about taking it away from another already established tournament so they were talking about adding a Masters 1000 event. And for those of you who don't know, I, there are 10 Masters 1000 events throughout the tennis calendar. And they're all spread out throughout the, the tour. So they're basically at least one in each continent, except for Australia. They only have the Australian Open. But if they were removing one from there, I don't necessarily agree with that. If they add one on instead, I think that there could be cause. I would It would be okay, you know, it, but to lose some of the heritage with, getting rid of another one i don't i don't really that doesn't really resonate with me but it's it's interesting to see um you're seeing it in the soccer side like i said like you know cristiano ronaldo obviously the, you know one of the greatest of all time plays in the saudi league um they're buying all of these <laughs> washed up european players and that kind of stuff so they're they're trying to to pump up their their sports portfolio and like you know for for them i think it's mostly business they're they just have you know a, unlimited money and they just want to spend it and after you've bought every single car and house that there is for sale i guess you go for a sports team next was happening can be bought i just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> we can discuss offline exactly how much we'd uh we'd we'd want but uh i can can like we we can negotiate on that but yeah it, it, it'll be interesting i i honestly i don't think that uh i don't think that we'll ever see that happen to be tr- completely truthful with you i don't think that there would be an event out there maybe not especially not at the 1000 level maybe like a, so there's there's a there's atp there's 250s 500s 1000s and then the grand slam so maybe like a 250 or like even a 125 which would be like a challenger level maybe something like that you know i, I don't i don't think it's fair to just to buy out you know yeah i get it i get it the heritage yeah but the saudi money uh it's it's literally everywhere they have too much of it so they're just Looking for things to buy. And I mean, I guess I would be doing the same thing. I, I want to own a sports team, you know? Heck yeah. Or sponsor a tennis event. Kind of going off that just quickly. I mean, th- that that's happened in America as well. 
so Larry Ellison, the founder of Oracle, multi-billionaire, whatever, he basically created his own tournament in the California desert, and it's a 1,000 level. So I guess, who am I to say that they can't have their own? I think it's a 1,000. Anyways, so we are, that, that kind of stuff does happen. So I don't think it will happen, but I wouldn't be totally, totally surprised if it did. I don't know. Tennis is a good game. Anybody can play it if they want. If not, play pickleball. It's kind of sort of the same. If not, play ping pong. Whatever you can do to get out there and have some fun. Ben, I think you and I got to play sometime. That'd be that'd be fun. Uh, I'll do it. I'm down. I mean, it's 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 January right now, so probably not anytime soon. Uh, but once once the ground unfreezes and the nets are back up, might have to give it a shot. I accept the challenge. <laughs> awesome. Anything else? Close out. No, that's it for me. You got anything else, Patrick? No. No, nope, that was great. Well, thank you all for listening and make sure you subscribe and like us and this way you'll have the latest episodes of Was Happening. Well, just tune in next time to Was Happening. <laughs> <laughs>